I've put on a little holiday weight. This is the last thing. I was just saying, I was noticing it because uh, when I went to make my coffee, I also went to the bathroom and I was eating a rice cake with a piece of cheese on it as I peed standing there. <laughs> just looking down at this Wolverine shirt hanging a little further out than it should over my gut and thinking maybe it's the cheese that's doing this. Do you ever eat in the bathroom? It's not. Going in, I know it's not. I, I can't. But. I can't say that I have ever eaten in the bathroom, no. Really? I picture you bringing like a sub or something, and you've never done that? I mean, I don't picture it, but I, I could I perceive it. I don't think so. It's not, it don't uh, start. It's gross. It's- when, I was, when I was younger, I would drink in the bathroom, yeah, the- quietly alone in the tub. Like a juice box? Yeah. Alcohol. Lots. How young? Wait, when are you talking? Well, 20s. Oh, okay. You know, our years. In the years really? together. Okay. I didn't know that. Uh, you know. We, I'd, I'd steal myself away during parties or whatnot in the bathroom. And you just once in a while sit in the bathroom. Oh, so the water's not running. You're just sitting in the tub with a beer drinking. drinking. Yeah. Wow. Maybe we should talk about that. <laughs> we probably should, but not this not, episode. Not between. Yeah, and maybe not on something that's recording it. <laughs> Hey everyone ever, and welcome to 20th Century Popcast, the show where we try to understand the present while living in the past. My name is Tim Blevins. And I am Bob Canning. And here we are again, Tim. We're on on microphones, talking to each other, trying to maybe move things along a little bit, and I find that if, if, if I don't either stumble or acknowledge our failures, we usually get into the topic pretty quick. So that, that might be worth... Uh, rolling it out that week, uh, this week, that way is probably what I was trying to say. That's a perfect uh, 20th century podcast opening. Nice I job. think so. I mean, I don't know what the yeah. pantheon of them are. Like, if <laughs> I'm sure there's no fan ranking 51 openings now, but <laughs> if there was, I, I don't think if number and when you rank 50 is the lowest and one, I guess it would be the highest. That one's probably in the 20s somewhere, but it was good. Yeah, it's got to be. It's so nice and clean, and then a perfect, uh, well, not perfect, but a pretty good stumble into the next part. Yeah, I, well, I thought it'd be interesting today to go back and maybe play the other 50 intros <laughs> to the show and discuss in depth of what, no, we're, we don't have to do that. We're not going to do any of that. What are we going to do? Well, I mean, I mean, I know, I know what we're going to do, but why don't so, you tell everyone what we are actually going to do today on the show? Well, today on the show, the show where we, we talk, I mean, what do we talk? We talk about pop culture on a week to week basis. Basis. I don't think we've missed an episode where we haven't mentioned pop culture <laughs> and our like and affection for pop culture. And I think in this pantheon of things, TV, film, music, I think. And I wish I had thought of that when we were putting this together. It didn't just have to be movies, but that's how I viewed it anyways. I actually I, I was thinking about the topic and I, I have a couple of music things to talk about. Oh great. Imagine if I had laid on the line what the topic was. People would be like, oh I can't wait to hear that. But right now it's like music. Oh no, it's suspenseful. It is suspenseful. And so here let me break that suspense by saying pop culture 
um, classics of pop culture. There are things that you and I love that we get why people love. Star Wars, When Harry Met Sally, Pulp Fiction. I mean, just things that are, were big, a big deal. We saw them, we get them. And when somebody says, hey, I never saw Star Wars or, or, or hey, what's, what's I, I, you know, I can't think of pop culture. What's Friends maybe or something like that? You know, it, sure. it would strike us as weird. It would strike us as odd because this is pop culture yeah. that's out there. We think people should. Who hasn't seen Back to the Future and why not? Exactly, right? I mean, they have to at least be aware of it. And chances are people are aware of it, but they may not have seen it. So their experience with it or, or, or their interaction with it comes from other people's references, other people's conversations, and other shows' references and conversations. Like you watch a show like The Simpsons, you watch a show like Family Guy, you watch a show like a lot of animated programs at the very least, but 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 you know, something like a Buffy the Vampire Slayer or or, or even this the X Files. You know, there's gonna be things mentioned, things spoken of, things dropped in the conversation between characters or in scenes that are homages or references or somehow pointing their finger back to a piece of entertainment from the past parodies i think we've seen plenty of parodies of of past pop culture yeah parody is actually a way to do it. i think you know you're taking something a genre or or or, or, a, or a certain character or storyline and you're making jokes about it and what i find interesting is when someone's experiencing that experiencing the parody experiencing the the, the, the mockery of the, of the genre but they don't know the source material they only know it from this filter of something that is taking this piece of what, you know, someone who's well-versed in the pop culture is taking it and putting it into theirs as a reference point. And we all kind of get those reference points, but sometimes, and this is what we're going to talk about today, sometimes that reference point is just that. It's like a a, a stopper or, or a marker or something in the bigger landscape of the classic of pop culture. And yet if we haven't seen that piece or experienced that piece, then all we really have is the name of that piece and an expectancy of this piece. You know what's odd is I'm having such a hard time <laughs> explaining <laughs> what I'm talking about. Um, could you word it in a, a nicer way, what we're doing today, so we can just get into it? I, I saw you um, kind of uh, – I, I watched your Instagram uh, video where you were kind of hyping this, and you described it as uh, pop culture that we uh, haven't seen – or don't care to see, or maybe aren't interested in seeing, because we're all too familiar with the the references to it, or the or the parodies of it. Sure, okay. Or the homages. My Instagram said that. Sort of. Uh, I gotta follow that. That's great. Um, yeah, no, I think that's true. There are things in pop culture that are so big, everybody knows it, but they may not know it because of the pop culture. And I think, for me at least, a lot of times. Something that's been hyped in the past, something that's big, something that's considered a piece of pop culture history. If I've heard about it too many times, if too many people have talked about it, or if it's kind of just always been there and I didn't experience it at a young age, I'm never going to go back. You know, I'm not going to head yeah. back to it. Do you have that experience? Do you have that sensation? I do. Um, there, there are a few examples. Can I, can I name a few? Yeah. Do you want? Well, that's what we're talking about today. I mean, do you want to name a few? Or yeah. Do you want to jump right into one, just so that people know what we're kind of talking about? I, I think the big one. Yeah, I think the big one for me that I haven't gone back to that I've seen references to. I, I, I know those references, <clears throat> and I know I don't know the movie, and I'm sure it's fantastic, but I have very little interest of to see it. And that's The Godfather. 1972's The Godfather. Uh, I think that's the Francis one. Francis Ford Coppola's The Godfather. 
Yes, sir. Horse head in a bed, uh, the Godfather. Horse head in a bed. That's not going to shock me because I know there's a horse head in a bed. Uh, I know there's a cannoli. <laughs> uh, you know, so. <laughs> but that's not that's not the movie. I understand that that's not the movie. I know that there's so much more to the movie. It's a well made, well crafted, greatest movie. American well, movie ever made. Exactly, and I should see it, but I don't really have a, a drive to see it because it's just been talked about so much and on so many top 10 lists and uh, referenced in so many various ways that, yeah, it's like, uh, I feel like it'd be a job to sit down and watch it. And it, I don't want to have to feel that way. Well, this is interesting because this is actually a little different, uh, I think, from, from okay. what I was looking at, which is good. I mean, Part one of the things you just said is it is it's been on so many top ten lists. It's considered a great piece, and I guess if you're hearing that all the time, it would be odd to me that you wouldn't want to rush out and see what's considered <laughs> one of you know. You like film, I know you do. I've seen movies with you. We sat in the theater and saw Armageddon, so I know you like loud movies. You probably like well-made <laughs> movies. Why? Let's. I just want to quickly make something clear. We didn't necessarily choose to see Armageddon. We just wanted a nice place to take a nap. <laughs> Hard that to day. do, loudest movie ever made, but <laughs> The Godfather, greatest movie ever made, which I have also never seen. Do you think it's spite? Is that why you haven't gone for this piece of pop culture? Culture Haven't gone to see it? It might be a little. I think at this point in my life, it's probably a bit of that because it's just like, okay, I've gone this long. Why, you know, I'm not going to mm-hmm. do it now. And you can't make me kind of thing. So there's a little bit of pride or sense of self-placement, like I'm not part of that and you're not going to get me to see that. Well, why do you think everybody likes it though? Why do you – like how did – before that, how did you first – or when do you think you first knew what The Godfather was? Or when did you first encounter a reference to it that you're like, oh, that's a movie? Um, oh, Gosh, I, I don't know. You know, what I, you know what I probably really started to – understand that the godfather was a thing was when the freshman came out yeah actually yes i remember that 1990 the freshman is a movie what what is it for people who maybe don't follow crap movies that never (laughs) went anywhere by andrew bergman i i don't know exactly what it is but it it involves because i saw it once you you actually saw that i've only seen the trailers for it i saw i think i saw it i have a vague recollection of seeing it and uh, it's Matthew Broderick, and he has to do something with this gentleman who may or may not actually be the Godfather from the Godfather movies, I think. And it's um, – and now I can't think of the actor. Marlon the Brando? Uh, Marlon Brando. Thank you. <laughs> and he, he is he's in – Superman's Marlon Brando and Superman Returns is Marlon Brando? Uh, Guys and Dolls, Marlon Brando. Um, yeah, he, so he's playing the Godfather role in this movie. And I guess, I think it's supposed to be like, this is actually him, but I, I can't remember if that's true or not. Well, and you saw it. So I don't mean the challenge that but- I saw it. I saw it during this heyday of me going to see a bunch of movies with my friends, uh, in my high school years. Yeah. This would have been the summer of 1990. So you would have been coming out of ninth grade. I saw movies that I probably wouldn't have gone to see, mm-hmm. uh, except that that's just what we did. And that happened to be the movie that was starting when we got to the movie theater. You know what I mean? 
Like that's that's what we did. I saw presumed innocent that way too. I saw presumed uh, innocent by choice, but uh, the, the, the I saw it by choice too. But I w- I wish I hadn't. Yeah, that's how I saw career opportunities. But but this the freshman, I think it's not it's 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 I think it's a good starting point now that we're however many minutes ten minutes into this episode <laughs> to start with the freshman because I do remember this coming out and it, like you're saying it was at an age. I think you were saying it's an age you went to the movies. It was an age where I was aware of movies, and I think you know I was aware of highbrow, lowbrow, you know, intellectual versus dumb. Like I liked stuff like The Naked Gun. I liked stuff, you know, like Pratt Falls and things. But I was finding smarter comedies, stuff like Annie Hall, When Harry Met Sally, you know, things that we always mention on the show. So I, a commercial like The Freshman, I remember seeing it on TV, and the the gist that I got was Matthew Broderick has, to, I think it's a Komodo dragon. He has to somehow right. transport this Komodo dragon for this big mafia mob boss that Matthew Broderick's character in the movie keeps commenting, he looks a lot like the guy. Doesn't he look just like the guy, short of saying from The Godfather, but he's aware. I think in the movie's universe, my impression was The Godfather existed, and this guy looked just like him, and Matthew Broderick couldn't grasp that he looks so much like him and that was maybe the joke of it so it was like this meta joke you have the actor right there you have him doing a lot of the motions again this is from the trailers motions and dialogue from the movie but it's a movie that for whatever the movie was about and you saw it it sounded like you were just saying it i i I thought it was predicated on the concept of what if a mob boss looked just like the godfather (laughs) which isn't funny (laughs) But at the time, it seemed like, oh, okay, I get what they're doing there. They're taking this classic movie. They're building a movie around it. And isn't it so funny that he keeps saying, doesn't he look like? Doesn't he look like? And it's the actor. Yeah. So for that all to work, you have to have knowledge of what The Godfather is. But I think that's all you need. Again, I haven't seen The Freshman, but I remember wanting to. I remember thinking that's a smart movie. That's an intellectual movie. I got to see that because that does look funny because they're going to stick it to the – Godfather, I guess. But no, <laughs> that was one of the things I was thinking about too, because it's not I don't know if they're parodying scenes, but it's the fucking actor. And you have for that movie yeah. to work, you have to know Marlon Brando played the Godfather. And but that's all you have to know, I assume. Yeah, I would assume too. And I, I just you know feel bad that I I've seen the movie, but I have no <laughs> recollection of the plot. Um or yeah. It it, it I, I can't tell you if all you need to know is that he played the Godfather or if it makes more sense and is more meta if you know the Godfather. And I wouldn't be able to tell you that either uh, anyway since I haven't seen the Godfather. I haven't either, but I remember this advertising campaign and it really worked on me. I mean, I think at age 14, not getting I thought that's probably a funny idea, but it's a smart comedy. I mean, first time I was yeah. exposed to the Godfather um, was on Saturday Night Live. In like the early and mid 80s, they would rerun the original five seasons of Saturday Night Live in these half hour packages like at 730 at night. My brother and I used to watch this a lot. And, and there were videotapes that also collected them that were like the best of Dan Aykroyd, the best of Gilda Radner. And there's this one VHS right. tape called the best of John Belushi that we used to rent every other week for some reason from this little video store in the town next to us. Eventually to the point that I think it went on sale. Like they would sometimes sell their old videos that weren't renting anymore. And I scooped it up and bought that. I was so happy to have that. I'm like, I have a Saturday Night Live, whatever. I was thrilled by it. There, there's a sketch on on that of John Belushi playing playing uh, whatever the Godfather's name is, the Marlon Brando character's name, <laughs> Steve. Steve Father, and he has an orange peel in his mouth, and he's kind of lumbering around, going, hur, hur, you know, like funny, and then I think he chokes and dies on the orange peel. 
<laughs> I would see this and I thought it was funny because John Belushi is this physical tornado and he's got an orange in his peel in his mouth. He's like a gorilla or something, this little kid, and he's rolling around and he chokes and he dies. I would watch this tape with my dad and my dad would be laughing at the sketch as well. I would be laughing at the sketch because it's funny and we must have watched it a few times. I think he asked me, do you know why that's funny? <laughs> I said, sure. He's got an orange peel in his mouth, but he's like, no, that he's, he's making, he's parodying the Godfather. It's, it's, it's a parody of this movie, the Godfather. And that's all he said. But somewhere in my head, I'm like, oh, that's smart. That must be clever. That must be something. So he's this big lumbering guy with an orange peel in his mouth. I don't know. I guess in the movie, here's a spoiler alert for the Godfather, having not seen it. I guess that's how his character dies. I think he's playing with with a with a like a niece or a nephew, and he chokes somehow. I think it's supposed to be sad and tragic, but they made this funny joke of it in his mouth. That's what I knew. I know John Belushi with his you know exorbitant eyebrows and everything doing that. So if I ever see this fucking death scene of Marlon Brando that's supposed to move you to tears when this massive killing <laughs> man dies trying to entertain a child. All I'm going to think of is that damn orange peel in John Belushi's mouth. It's not going to work. Yeah. Similar to the, the fucking horse head, which I think is one of the biggest things that come out of this movie that's been parodied. I found a, a, a YouTube montage of horse head jokes in kids' cartoons. I mean, I probably first saw <laughs> there's a Simpsons episode in the first season called The Telltale Head where um, Bart yeah. wants to impress some early versions of like Jimbo and Kearney, the, 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 the thug kids from the school. So they, yeah, the, the bullies. bullies, thank you. And they convince him to, to, to vandalize the <laughs> Jebediah Springfield statue. I think by chopping the head off maybe of the statue. Yeah. He saws, he, he ends up sawing it. Right. Off. Yeah. And he takes it home, I guess, cause he wakes up with it in his bed You know, he rolls over and it's there. And it's supposed to be this parody of, of, uh, of the horse head scene. And then, you know, I've seen, you know, there's other cartoons that do it. There's movies that do it with a stuffed animal, a stuffed bear. There's dumb sitcoms called yes, dear. And other things that do it as well. It's been done to death. And if I ever see this scene where someone wakes up with this horse head, yeah, it's going to be pretty funny. <laughs> there's no shock value to it. There's no, <gasps> the poor horse. I don't even think I'll feel my normal pangs of, of, of sadness for a dead animal. I think it'll just be funny because it's been done as a joke. Right. And my understanding is that was a shocking scene when people saw it for the first time, but it's been diluted, it's been repeated, and you know to expect it. So it's kind of like, I don't see how that could have the impact that the the story and the movie should have. And that might be why, you know, we're talking about why we haven't so sought it out. My dad has tried to show me this movie a couple times, you know, within the last 20 years, because he, he had it on videotape, two, two cassette tapes to contain the whole movie. And we would sit down and we would watch it. And honestly, the beginning is interesting. There's this wedding scene. People are coming in to ask the Godfather favors. And it seemed intriguing to me, but we would always watch it at night. And I would always be tired. I would close my eyes and I would just sleep through the Godfather. It's not like video stores have never existed. And it's not like I can't track it down in a library. There's no high demand for it that I can't find a copy of this. But I've never gone to pursue it because I don't have the drive to see it because all the key scenes are kind of jokes to me now or known at least. Sure. And you'd have to watch it at, uh, you know, seven in the morning to make it through. So yes. Got, maybe, maybe while yeah, standing. Uh, oh, but, but I mean, this is like a, this is a, a greatest hit film. This is what people say cinema in the seventies was. And I think if you and I, I think if you and I were, I mean, we we're movie fans mm -hmm. for sure. I think if we were 
film students and if it was something that uh, you know our our careers were based on i think it would be something we'd seek out but not on the level of let's enjoy this movie but more as like a mm-hmm. study you know it'd still be it'd still be viewed on a different level than just uh entertainment you think it would be if we had that i think because we don't have a, a different drive since we're just viewing something for entertainment we're put off by it at this point i don't, I don't know if i understand that though because i mean it is entertainment when the godfather hit it was entertainment and I guess for me, I'm saying like if I had a, a, a different reason to watch The Godfather, maybe because I I was studying filmmaking or um, I had to take a Godfather quiz to get my kids into a, a good college or something. But if I'm just sitting down because, hey, I want to be entertained tonight. I want to watch a good movie. If that was one of the choices, I'd pass it by because, again, it's I feel like it wouldn't be as impactful as maybe it had been if I would watched it earlier in my life where I wasn't exposed to it as, as this uh, uh, pop culture phenomenon. And as, as you're pointing out uh, comically and all these other variants. So if something's a phenomenon, if something's big, if something's huge in our lifetime and we somehow missed it, that's something you don't go back to. Um, I find that perhaps it might be harder to go back to. Mm -hmm. Yes. You know, I asked that as a question. I totally know the answer. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> I have too much spite over people in groups who like something. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And that's why you do it? That's why I didn't see this next movie. There's, I mean, you know, you're talking about going to something for entertainment. And, and you know, I think big, big blockbusters, big time films, big screen, you know, summer movies have always entertained me. And a lot of people would say the godfather of summer movies um, to segue out of that segment or to say, you know, the, the movie that kicked off this idea of a summer blockbuster was 1975's Get the Fuck Out of the Water snuff film, <laughs> Jaws. Have, yeah. have you seen Jaws? Have you seen this Jaws? I have seen Jaws. And I saw Jaws when I was younger, much younger. Oh. Probably before I should have seen Jaws. You saw it as a kid. Yeah, I was a kid when I saw Jaws. I, I mean, I was too scared as a kid, you know, I, I, I think, to see it. I knew it existed. I'll tell you why I knew it fucking existed. It was because of that music. You know, sure. you had the the, the da da of something coming back and forth. And, and, you know, that was used in the film, I guess, very well. I knew it because it was used in Airplane 2, you know, and it was used, <laughs> I think, on Saturday, no, more Saturday Night Live sketches with that sand shark knocking at the door. You know, there was jokes – at the expense of Jaws, you know, and there was jokes at the expense of the shark itself. That sand shark in Saturday Night Live was this kind of funny looking mask that came in and ate people. You know, I go jump ahead 14 years to Back to the Future Part 2 and we get this 3D Jaws in the future. And, you know, the whole joke of that is that the shark still looks fake. I mean, I knew these setups to it. That's how I heard about Jaws because honestly, everyone around me had seen Jaws. I was scared to see it. It wasn't on TV a lot, so it's not like I flipped past it. So I don't know where everyone else was seeing it, but I just did not see it. And then it kind of mellowed down in my head to the point that when I got to college, surrounded by, we're going to say film scholars, but surrounded by Spielberg fans, you know, surrounded by people who loved the movies of the 80s that we all grew up with, the Star Wars films, the Indiana Jones films, Close Encounters, The Goonies, all of these things, Labyrinth. I could just list names and movies. Liking a lot of those same movies, having not seen Jaws, Steven Spielberg's first real cinematic hit, people couldn't get over the concept that I hadn't seen it. 
you know, that people couldn't believe you've never seen Jaws. That was the thing like we, we've, we've already discussed probably where it's like, you haven't seen this movie Jaws? How can you not have seen Jaws? That, yeah, this one is the one that became sort of a badge. This is the one where it's kind of like, and I'm not going to see it. You know, just I, I would have seen it on my own will, but now I'm never going to see it because everybody was shocked. I couldn't <laughs> see this film. Now, you said you were too young when you saw it. How did you get to it, though? How did you achieve seeing it? And did you know I what it was? Feel, um, I didn't know it as as this big Steven Spielberg. I didn't know who Steven Spielberg was when I saw the movie. No. So how old know. were you or how okay. young were you? I don't know. I think we've mentioned my uh, my not so great babysitter. Yes. I was wondering if that was going to um, come up. Yeah. Um, so my not so great babysitter who I probably was only babysat by uh, for like a, a year and a half, like a summer and maybe part of a school year. I can't quite remember. Maybe it was two summers in a row. Um, she had cable. She had HBO. She had Cinemax. She also babysat a lot of kids and and I was kind of the older one. So I was sort of left to do my own thing. And my own thing often was watching HBO because I didn't have it in my own house. And so that is probably where I came to it. Um, although I think I might have come to it before that because there were times where I'd watched it later and things were more graphic than I remember them being. So maybe I had seen it, you know, uh, cut for content on, on a ABC movie night or something. Um, but, but yeah, it's probably a combination of those two places. But as a kid who has access to HBO at your, you said HBO is at the right channel. Yeah. At your babysitter's house, what was the draw of watching this particular movie? Why would you sit and watch what at that time was probably a six-year-old movie, Jaws? Um now that you're now that we're mentioning it, I probably saw Jaws 2 first. <laughs> which is probably what How did you follow it? led me to Jaws. Um, because I remember uh the boat scene first. Yeah, I remember when I first saw Jaws 2. And you haven't seen Jaws 2, I would imagine. No, but I've seen the poster to Jaws, so I assume if it's like the poster to I, Jaws. I would really love for you to have seen Jaws 2, Jaws 3D, and Jaws the Revenge, but not Jaws. Of the Jaws saga, I think the, I've seen the most of Jaws the Revenge. Like, that's the one, one, I remember that one coming out, but more so, that's with Michael Caine, it's with Mario Van Peebles, that's the one where I think where the shark, I believe, follows a plane. Not in another plane, but it might as well have been in a cab or something. But I think it's swims. But that's for some reason that Jaws of Revenge I was aware of because I remember it coming out, and I've 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 gone to that one on TV a few times and watched scenes of it. Also, though Jaws of Revenge, I was aware of as being a bad movie when it came out. Yeah, I was aware of it kind of being a joke. And before that, I mean, I think before Jaws in 3D. Um, National Lampoon, uh, the the National Lampoon comedy magazine was was working on a sequel called I think Jaws Three People Nothing, and it was supposed to be a parody of the Jaws movies, but part of the Jaws franchise. And I don't know how I was aware of that as a kid, but I somehow knew that was something they had worked on, and that was a joke. So I must have been reading about Jaws. Definitely was part of the conversation. I get that it was Spielberg's film. But I never, I knew Jaws, I guess, as the movie everyone talked about. But then, yeah, I just knew it as this movie that's fake. Because Jaws of Revenge was so loathed and hated and mocked and made fun of, and because the jokes I often hear about Jaws, like in Back to the Future Part 2, is the shark looks fake, I didn't have the pull to go into this thing because it just – it sounded like, okay, that's a rickety movie. That's a shoddy movie. That's a joke of a huh. movie. 
you know, just kind of poisoned by later entries in it. I mean, do 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 you are there movies that have maybe you've you've steered clear of because you know the fallout of them? You're a little older when say um, Highlander three or Robocop three or Mask three comes out, the Eric Stoltz mask. And you're saying I wouldn't go back and watch the original Mask because the third one was so poor. Yeah. Um no, I don't think so. I mean, um, a fine example for me is The Matrix. Um, I'll watch The Matrix, the original Matrix, if it's on. I'll, you, you I'll stop had and seen watch it. it. You had already. We we saw. We both saw The Matrix when it came out. Yeah, I'm talking about yeah. something like. Is there? You know, because like, a lot of times as a kid, you're gonna like if something like a James Bond. I didn't know what Doctor No. If that's the first one, I, I think the first James Bond I was aware of, like really aware of, was probably Never Say Never Again because I remember the commercials for it. But the first one I saw on TV was probably For Your Eyes Only some night on a rerun. So that's my introduction to James Bond. And I, I'm just wondering, is there something where you come in later into the game? And because of how it's viewed, because of how people talk about it, you don't go back and ever see the original because it's been soiled or tainted or somehow, you know, like squeezed um, out. No, I I can't think of an example. I mean, squeezed out. By the way, I don't know why I phrased that. <laughs> so if somebody had squeezed out, you know, the later seasons of One Day at a Time. Would you have watched the first six seasons of the ten season One Day at a Time? I'm not one to see a sequel. If I hadn't seen the previous, but were you movie. that choosy as a kid? Um, like, did you have the ability? Like, because I'm thinking now, like as a kid, I saw stuff out of order all the time. I didn't care. It was on TV. Yeah, I guess that's true. That's true. You're right. I guess I got to go back. And in fact, Jaws two was that yeah. way. I I had seen Jaws two first. I didn't think Jaws two was a bad movie. I thought it was, uh, you know, uh, tense and frightening and had a, a shark in it and action and oh the sharks in jaws too is it his mother in the first one is that the twist i don't i don't think they uh link the sharks uh, in jaws uh, in jaws it's supposed to be one of the sharks that was related to jaws in the first jaws yeah that's the revenge that's what they th- think. think so but i feel like we've lost <laughs> focus a little bit. Well, we're talking about movies. I guess I, I was curious with the angle maybe of just, you know, when we get into things as a kid and we're not aware of the bigger picture, It's it, sometimes it's more easier to accept it. And I was thinking like, you know, if I, as a child, I guess if a sequel was on TV, I'd watch it without fearing I got to see the first one. But now I would never do that. I must, I, you know, I don't start many shows a few seasons in without backtracking. But, but you're right. We've lost track a little bit been talking movies is there an, I'm, I'm i you had said you might have something outside of the movie genre that might somehow make sense of this topic that honestly i'm now having trouble with <laughs> well i was i was thinking you know about artists um that are so huge that maybe you just don't bother trying to get into them like musical artists yeah like musical artists and and the the few that came to mind uh, were artists like David Bowie, Bob Dylan, Michael Jackson, uh, and for me, uh, oh, no, 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 I was going to say for me, I'm, I'm, I, I enjoy listening to those. For me, there's one that I kind of don't try to get into. Mm-hmm. Um, not that I dislike them necessarily. I, I like their music, but I'm not backtracking and making sure I get all their albums. And for me, that's Bruce Springsteen. Yeah, I don't. He's a god to so many people. He is a god to so many people. And uh, I believe the man is immensely talented, 
you know, Born to Run is a phenomenal song, but is it? I don't. I think so. Is it? But I. You know what he does in that song? He counts, but the song's already going. But he counts, and I'm pretty sure if you add a couple of jingle bells, that's a Christmas carol. <laughs> Do you like Born to Run? I I enjoyed. Born to Run. I think in the right song, he does count in, in towards the end, right? Like the band plays for a while and then he goes, one, two, three, and then he just sings the whole thing again, but with more passion uh, and more genes. That's possible. I, I don't know. I guess I don't know it well enough to to be able to tell you for sure. Yeah, Bruce Springsteen Her- is a great example because I'm not a fan of Bruce Springsteen. Okay. But you see, you're not a fan because you don't think he's good? Talented? Well, he is talented. He's very talented, and he seems like a great man. And they seem like a great band. And you're right; people do love him. But what, what, what? You, you know some of his songs. Did you know his songs growing up? Were you aware of Bruce Springsteen growing up? I became aware of Bruce Springsteen with the Born in the USA album and everything. What a thing crap use of that song the world has made. From what I understand, a misunderstanding of it. But I hate that song. Yeah. Have you gone back to it since you've gotten an understanding of what it's about? No, and I think I probably used to like it, by the way, too. I'm just trying to get my anti-America political stance going just because I think I'm monitored now through my internet. Um, I No, I, I've heard that, yeah, it's it's not the rah-rah song that the Reagans right. were using it for. But no, so Bruce Springsteen, he, yeah, that you were kind of – when was that the first song you were kind of aware of him? Yeah, I became with? aware of that. Uh, Tunnel of Love might have been another uh. album. Uh, That's but, a bad song. But I didn't realize like he had a tunnel. Is that the right song? Am I doing a really <laughs> spot on impression? Or is it just kind of like maybe I had a seizure? I had no idea that he had uh, a, an existence prior to those albums. Um, yeah, uh, until well, when we were later. kids. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I didn't either. And you know, do you have a Bruce Springsteen album? I don't. I don't own any Bruce Springsteen. God, no. Neither do I. I have to say, I mean, I like the song that they use in Jerry Maguire. I like that song. <laughs> I like that. Um, what's that one? Hey, little bit of a What's that song called? I don't remember the title of that one. Something about fire, maybe? Yep. Yeah, what's that one called? People know. cover it. Yeah. I can't think of what it is. Um, Heather Nova covers it on a live album. That's <laughs> mainly why I knew it. Okay. <laughs> do you know the song I'm talking about? You just said no, I but do. I'm going to ask you again. I know again. the song you're talking about. And what it, is it called? It's it, something. It, take a moment to not hear you singing. Uh, okay. So you want me to not sing it for a minute? I don't think what the title is. What if I um, put the, the album on? Here, this is Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> Hey, little baby, when you had it, man. Hey, little baby, when No, I don't. Yeah. I, don't, I think I fire don't is in the title somewhere. Yeah. yeah. I think you're on, you're on the right I'm track. I'm on fire. Maybe I'm on fire, maybe. Yeah, that's probably it. Light yeah, my fire. That could be it. That, I, that sounds like it would be a good title for something. For something. I bet that'd be a quick song, though. I bet that'd be a song that you're like, oh, you blink and you miss it. Not that your ears blink, but it's like, oh, that was a, that, you know, that song could have used a, that song could have used maybe a different instrument. <laughs> it sure had a lot of, had a lot of keyboard in that song. You know what? Why don't we talk to them? <laughs> There's someone, I don't, I mean, I know them. I know the doors and I guess I like them. You know, that's, yeah, we can't really go down that route because they had some of their albums, but. Why did you think of Bruce Springsteen? Like he's on your mind, right? He is somehow ingrained. Yeah, because he's just he's he's um, an institution, uh, you know. But when with it comes him, to him, he is an institution. 
you're right. And, and, and I admired, and for a lot of reasons, I know him more now as someone who speaks well of working class people, who speaks out against corporate um, politicians. I mean, I know him for some vantage points of viewpoints that I admire. He seems very dedicated. Um, he dedicated a song to my brother once. That was very sweet at a concert. So, I mean, he seems like a good guy, but we knew his songs in the 80s. Do you like what you hear? Do you like old Bruce Springsteen if you happen to catch it? Because this is something interesting with musicians. It's hard to catch the gist of a movie if it's playing somewhere. You know, like if a movie's on in the background, you're not paying attention to it, you're not going to get it. But musicians, like this example, you're still going to hear Bruce Springsteen. You may not go back and get all the albums, but you hear it. So do you, do you like him? Are you a fan? I I guess of I the respect, songs that you hear. I, I I'm not I'm not a fan per se. Um, I like a couple of the songs. I don't mind Born to Run. Um, I like that. That's not a good impression. Of I like anything. Santa Claus is coming to town. I don't get tired oh, of that. Oh God, <laughs> he does do that, and he counts in that one probably too. He counts in all the songs. I mean, that's that's how music yeah. works. It's um, well, it's is that it's how a metronome works, and he could easily <laughs> maybe not the first four albums, but by now he can afford a metronome. But uh, it's not fool anyone by counting. No, but that I so like as a kid, the music I you know we just talked music uh, two episodes ago. By the time this one goes up, but thinking back to a kid, and I think I'm right on this. We both experienced music through the radio. Yeah. So to have someone on the radio like Bruce Springsteen, you're aware of him. So is, is it later in life that people were really praising and go, gushing yeah. about Bruce Springsteen to you? Yeah, yeah. That's when I'm learning that uh, he has has these phenomenal albums from the '70s, um, and that he is, you know, just this great rocker, uh, a true rocker, a true American. I don't know if they say that, but but do you feel like I guess with this one, and this might help me understand it because I think it's similar to movies, but I'm approaching it differently. You're saying you don't like him. There's so many musicians in the world, or you don't own his. What are you saying? I'm putting a word in your mouth there. Well, I'm saying, I mean, it's similar to you know uh, something like The Godfather, which is again just this entity that exists above all other films. Uh, he, in a way, Bruce Springsteen is a musician who exists above all other musicians, uh, to some, um, and uh, maybe because of that, and because of that popularity, and because of what other people say. I'm less inclined to seek out anything beyond what is, as you stated, just kind of presented on the radio. But why? And I, I'm, by the way, I'm with you on this. I'm not challenging what you're saying. I'm trying to figure something out. Like someone no. else who's, who's heralded as important to music is Elvis Presley. I've uh-huh. never felt a tinge about trying to get an Elvis Presley album, pursuing Elvis. I don't yeah. like Elvis. I don't get Elvis, but it, I, it doesn't bother me. Or I don't think about it. It's not like I just don't care for it. It doesn't click with me. And I've seen Elvis on TV or footage of him, whatever. But with Bruce Springsteen, there is this question of, or the statement of, yeah, I don't like him. It, like it feels different. Like, and and maybe I am twisting your words here, but it sounds like you almost feel like there's a question of, well, why don't I like Bruce Springsteen? Why? What? What? Why? Because he's the one you went to. He's the example. Yeah. Well, I think because it's it's sort of like The Godfather. I think if I were to sit down and and listen to a Bruce Springsteen album, or sit down and actually watch The Godfather, I would find that I enjoy it. So you think you would? I probably would. But we're denying ourselves this enjoyment then just to maintain yeah. something, a, a distance from it? I think it's it's not necessarily that I'm trying to maintain a distance. I think it's just, for me, it would be uh, an effort I don't want to put in. 
Well, that makes sense. I was going to say, at the end of the day, The Godfather, it's a matter of time. I don't have time. Yeah, I've never yeah. made the time to watch that movie. But Jaws, it is definitely just that, well, I'm never going to see that kind of thing. Yeah. But I guess the other side of it, and music is a little more flexible with this, so let's focus on this. It's interesting because I think we're both thinking, yeah, we're not into Bruce Springsteen. It's very easy to listen to a Bruce Springsteen song. In fact, we both do it. Want to do it again? <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> no. But no, we both do it. So it's kind of like... Why do I'll we feel we're out. supposed to? But why are we supposed to do more? We're experiencing the music anyways. What is it at the end of the day that we're thinking this? Where other people have ruined this for us? I mean, that's where we started with this: is pop culture that ruins other pop culture it was the original start of this episode. But what it's kind of funneled into is, I feel like fans of pop culture are ruining ruining this pop culture for us. But I think yeah, at the end of way. what was that? I, I'm saying, yeah, it looks like that's the way it's come. But no one is coming at me saying, you've got to listen to Bruce Springsteen. They're saying, I enjoy listening to Bruce Springsteen. I mean, do you have people saying, how do you not like Bruce Springsteen? Or are you asking yourself that question? I guess I'm asking myself that question because, no, I don't have anyone directly uh, posing that question to me. But I do have the the world at large, pop culture at large, um, decreeing, decrying that uh, – he is uh, an artist to know, mm-hmm. um, and we know. Him. And these are, and these, but 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 to know more to 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 own the albums or to hear the albums. I haven't heard a full. Uh, I don't even think I've heard uh, "Born in the USA" completely, and and I think that was owned by my brother. Wow, he um, must be rich because a lot of people bought that album. I don't follow. So if somebody owns the album, they would get a lot of royalties off of the uh, Oh, I see. Off the album. But here's the thing. Do you think the world that worships Bruce Springsteen, yeah, he's got his fans and he got the people with the albums, but a lot of those people know the same songs we know. They know his radio hits. They know his appearance on TV. We're not nothing's being hidden from us. There's deep tracks. There's non- uh, non-radio hits that we're not hearing and we don't have the physical item of the album but I do, and again totally agreeing with you on this because Bruce Springsteen <laughs> I think is, is a good example of this but what what at the end of the day what is the difference between me and most of the world that also experiences Bruce Springsteen through the radio I mean uh, Born in the USA came out at the time where I wasn't buying albums so I don't have it you know, and does having the album, does that have to be the measurement of being a fan? Because there's, pl- you know, I've since gone and bought a lot of my music. I don't have a lot. Of, I don't have any police albums. I like the police. I don't feel like I have to have their albums. I've had them in the past, I guess. But like, I don't feel like I'm missing out because I don't have the complete body of work of the police. I, mean, I guess I have that box set sort of way I do. But, you know, it's not on display. Why is Bruce Springsteen who we all know because you can't not, this is the thing. You can't not know Bruce Springsteen. It's impossible, right? Yeah. So what is, why are we feeling like we're missing something? What is it that we're not, is it we don't own it? Is it that we feel the need to be deeply versed in an artist's every piece and every whim and every track? I mean, what, at the end of the day, what is it that we feel is ruined about this guy that we know we could right now list five, six songs? That's five or six songs. That's a lot of songs. Well, we to can know. also 
we could also list, and I think you did, you did, I think, list five or six moments and scenes from The Godfather but, that we're aware but of. I'm aware of those moments as parodies and as jokes. And I've seen, I think you have done a pretty good job of parodying Bruce Springsteen. Homage. You've done tonight. a pretty good homage of Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> and uh, yes. we've seen other parodies, uh, you know, on sketch shows and whatnot. But at the end um, of the day, and maybe this is maybe this is what it is. It's people versus the art. Maybe this conversation takes a, a either a dive bomb or a twist. <laughs> you know, The Godfather is a single piece of work. Or Jaws. Let's say Jaws for a minute because I get why I haven't seen Jaws. It's a choice. I love Steven Spielberg's movies, you know, Close Encounters, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Here, let me just read a list of his movies. No, I love a lot of his movies. So the question would almost be, well, how have you not seen Jaws then? That's his first movie. But in reality, I don't have to see everything he does, nor have I. And is it some sort of a pissing contest or or action figure on your shelf display to be like, I've seen everything Spielberg has done? I don't know if Jaws is his greatest movie. I think Close Encounters is, and I've seen that multiple times, and I love it. So I love Spielberg. Like, Do we have to know an entire person's body of work? Is that how you prove that? And why do we need to prove anything? So what I guess in that sense, you know, if the conversation is about Spielberg, I can still talk about Spielberg. If it's about Jaws, I can talk less. Conversation about Bruce Springsteen. You and I can talk Bruce Springsteen. We know his songs. We maybe can't talk about the album Born in the USA because I don't know what's on that. I think Born in the USA. But we can still talk about him. And again, this is the thing. Like I think I'm, I have the same feeling you have about him, but now I don't get it. So I'm like, why are we creating that feeling in the first place? Why are we are we just that desperate for a topic of an episode? No, because these are feelings <laughs> we've had. But are we? Is there something inherently in us that we that we are afraid to attach to Bruce Springsteen or to the fans of Bruce Springsteen? Because like you like you like um I'm trying to think of like a, a smaller band. You like the Beatles, right? Sure. I like the Beatles. You like Neutral Milk Hotel, right? I do. A lot of people like New Drama Hotel. I mean, these, you know, it's like you could, we, we're comfortable being parts of these groups and identifying because we like it. Bruce Springsteen, I could put on a couple of Bruce Springsteen songs and enjoy them. And yet, like you, I'm saying I'm not a fan. Why do we have to declare that we're not a fan of something? When we are, first of all, and two, who cares? There's plenty of things we're not a fan of. One, could we never experience it? Or two, because it doesn't talk to us. We don't own jean jackets. So we're never going to get the full body of Bruce Springsteen's work. But why do we have to point – why does that stick out for us? I, I think maybe you and I both have, um, consciously or not, a, a bit of a, a chip on our shoulder in that we don't want to be told <clears throat> what we should be a fan of and what, what we should like. Excuse me, and what we should see. You don't think the world thinks we should like the Beatles? I think if you come across it and come to it on your own time in your own way and you like them, that's fine. I think if you had come eventually to see Jaws, that you might be a fan of it. But because you hadn't seen it yet and then you had the world and the people around you saying, that's insane, you should see it. Yeah, how how have you not seen it? Uh, And I... I think that's maybe the same thing that I got from Bruce Springsteen over the years as I became more into music. Um, people saying Bruce Springsteen, he's, you know, 
awesome. He's the best. He's great. Uh, and so a little bit of me, uh, and I think maybe a little bit of you for, for Jaws as the example, are just like, well, you know what? You're telling me to do that. I'm not necessarily, I don't like doing what I'm told to do. So I'm not going to bother with that right now. I'm going to get into something else. And had I come to Bruce Springsteen on my own, maybe I would be a huge, huge fan. And had you come to Jaws on your own, you, you might, might think it's the better movie. Um, and maybe that's a part of it. Maybe there's just this, and again, maybe it's subconscious, except now we're talking about it. So maybe it's something we'll have to think about uh, more, but maybe there's this thing where, and I think we've talked about it a bit before too. It's like, we prefer coming to things on our own. We often prefer to keep it ourselves. Like we'll, we'll let it, uh, we'll enjoy it and we'll maybe share some things here and there with other people, but we don't necessarily want everyone to know how, what we're listening to or something like that. Um, and maybe that's what's going on. At the end of the day, how I first heard Bruce Springsteen is probably even more underground than how I first heard the Beatles. Cause the Beatles had a whole generation was everywhere. You know, how I could have come to jaws or the Godfather, you know, how did I come to star Wars? It was there. My parents bought me a Play-Doh set and a toy X-wing fighter. And then suddenly I loved it. It was given to me. I didn't stumble upon star Wars, but you didn't have, you didn't have your, your dad hovering over you. He's and, not a ghost talking to you. Uh, about how great these toys are because they're based on such a great movie and and you've really got to see this movie. I can't believe I can't believe you're three and you haven't seen this movie yet. Yeah, and well, he. Yeah, how, why would he not believe that? He was my only ride. So if I hadn't seen Star Wars <laughs> at three, that's why. But here's the thing: I had an older brother who did do that with comic books. I had an older brother who did do that with some music. I had an older brother who did that with movies, but mainly with comic books. And I don't know if there's anything more important in my life, maybe cartoons, than comic books. So I wasn't turned off of that. There was He was a gatekeeper. We've talked about this before. Maybe we've done, maybe 51 is our maximum episode. Maybe we've talked about everything. There are <laughs> gatekeepers to things that get us to things. And sometimes those gatekeepers yeah. are mentors and heroes and what they're gifting us, granting us, showing us is theirs and we get into it. And from that, we find other things. But then other times- but those gatekeepers, those gatekeepers are your, your your brother or your best friend or a good friend, or maybe uh, someone you know who you respect. All of my friends like Radiohead. I hate <laughs> Radiohead. Except for the Benz. So I don't, I don't know. Radiohead- <laughs> Well, I'm just saying like- you, uh, in college, those people telling you that they are shocked that you haven't seen Jaws, these are new people to you. You haven't established anything with them yet. And so you've got these these strangers, quote unquote, telling you how to think. Um, I've got music magazines and, and and music blogs and best of lists from from people I don't know telling me which, which albums are the, the best ones that I should listen to. Um, and sometimes I take from that what I want. But if I keep seeing the same Bruce Springsteen thing – uh, maybe I get turned off by that. And and maybe if, if some stranger is coming up to you and telling you what to do, I think it's different when it's your brother, when it's your brother who you respect, who you've lived with, who you've played games with. Um, he's opening up a world that, that it's like, wow, I respect him. If, if this is something he likes, then maybe I want to give it a shot. And so, yeah, you don't get turned off. I think it might depend on, on where it's coming from. Who's giving you, who's, who's holding that gate open. I can get that. I mean, honestly, my brother also a big Bruce Springsteen fan. But um, and I think he's seen Jaws. 
I get what you're saying. I guess <laughs> what I'm struggling with, what I'm trying to figure out, and what what is why why you know you're saying maybe it's subconscious, or we're talking about it. Why does this conversation exist? Why is it so important to distance ourselves from this pop culture, which is what we're doing by opting by making the statement? Well, I'll never see Jaws. I'm distancing myself, distancing, excuse me, myself from the work. It's not just that I haven't seen it. It's not just that, you know, maybe I'll make some time. And it's not even just like, oh, I don't really want to see it. It's just, I'm not going to. I'm creating a divide, a chasm, a chasm, whatever the word is. And I don't know, I've lost track of where that comes from because the people who were saying, you've never seen Jaws, have stopped saying it. <laughs> You know, I've known them longer than Jaws existed the first time they said that. You know, the people were like, oh, Twin Peaks, how did you never watch Twin Peaks? Got tired of telling me that. My friend Nate got tired of telling me you should really watch Twin Peaks. So it's a joke, but it's done. <laughs> like nobody cares anymore. Except for me, because I didn't, and this might be why, and maybe this is where it wraps up, or maybe maybe we go on to the rest of our list. No, maybe this is where it wraps up. The period <laughs> of my life where I was really finding my own, not finding the art, but finding the art that made me who I was. The period of my life where I made sure the spines of my CD showed the replacements, showed uh, Mary Lou Lord, showed, uh, I'm blanking on the bands that were important, but you know, the time of my life that did that, the time of my life that made sure, well, when they walk by, they're going to see the Tank Girl poster outside in the hallway. The, the part of me that did that in life was the time when I developed the I don't like Jaws mentality and spoke it, you know, or developed the well, I'll never see the Godfather mentality and spoke it. So it was a period, this rebellious, isolationist period that I get of my 20s. That, you know, that was the time the people in college were challenging, how have you not seen this? So 20 years on from that, because now I'm 42. The inability or the choice not to let go of that because it's still there has nothing to do with the movie anymore. It has everything to do with that 21-year-old or 22-year-old and not wanting to fully let go of youth. You know, Not wanting to let go of the time when it mattered that I had a snotty opinion. Not wanting to no longer find value in this contrarying attitude of I will never see Jaws or Bruce Springsteen's too much Levi material to handle. And I guess that's odd now. And that's the constant struggle for me with pop culture is how much of this is still important and how much of it is just can't let go of this period, which in this case of this episode's topic was a period in my life where it was so important not to like the mainstream even though I like the Beatles and I got to, you know, I don't, why, when am I going to get past that? Or am I? Because that's, that's a problem. Cause at the end of the day, there's probably nothing wrong with owning a Bruce Springsteen album or sitting down for the hour or whatever and watching jaws or watching the fucking Godfather, which is considered a classic. I think they grow the fuck up. It's hard to let go. Yeah, but I think that sums it up. I think I think you're right. Hmm. That's a 
it's it's ingrained and it's who you were and that's something we maybe we miss we miss being that it's probably true and it's weird i mean it's not weird but yeah i mean these things are movies first and they become our culture our pop culture with how we not interact with them but identify with them true and so yeah i don't i don't know what the end game of that is cuz i don't i don't see that as still working anymore but i haven't um i haven't found exactly the way like i'm a, i can be self aware of it and treat it like a joke and have these senses and conversation we're having now but i think there is something deeper which is exactly what you just said it was and i don't know when that'll happen maybe if i did a weekly hour long podcast about the pop culture of the 80s and 90s i would find a way to talk about it that's a good idea you should put that together okay so that's wrapping it up <laughs> that's the episode yeah that can be the episode I, yeah. I think that's it. Next week, join us when we tell you what we thought of The Godfather. <laughs> I hope I have time. Um, but until next week's non-Godfather episode, um, thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to <clears throat> this bummer of a realization. If you want a couple more bummers of realizations, why don't you check out 20popcast.com. It's a website for this very podcast that has uh, the latest episode always streaming right there, as well as an episode guide that gets you links to all the other past episodes. Um, you'll find show notes for each episode you, you listen to. And in those show notes, you'll find what? You'll find ways to contact us, keep in touch with us, support us. You've got a Facebook page that you can click through there. I've got a Twitter account, at Subcultist, and an Instagram account that I'm really trying to get people to follow. If you want to follow it, that'd be great. It's Subcultist on Instagram. And I try to post relevant photos uh, to what we're talking about, as well as some behind-the-scenes videos I've been trying to put up. Uh, just other things of how we're making the show together and sporadically you get to see photographs of what I'm wasting my money on on eBay. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter as well at RH Canning. Uh, and I also have a music blog if you're interested in me not talking about Bruce Springsteen <laughs> at all. Uh, you can check that out at superultramegamix.wordpress.com. And be sure to um, forward some photos of those jean jackets, people. Because I like Gene Jack. No, God, what the fuck? I thought I had something there. I didn't. I didn't. That's okay. You, you, you edit these so you can cut that right out. Could. You're right. And then we could just end with your new catchphrase. Stay classy. No, that's no good. What was it last? Fuck. <laughs> right? That's how it feels. It was, uh... Stay cool, everyone. <laughs> was it stay cool? No, I mean, I, I don't think so. Out. It's along those lines. Just, just cut it out from that episode and put it into this episode. Cut it out, people. Cut it out. Disturbing the peace, but we won't let them make us sad. Cause kids like you and me, baby, we were born dead. That's something I did. I never had a jean jacket. No, I never had a, I never liked jean jackets. I know people love them, and I'm not putting them down. But you know what I really don't like are jean jackets on people wearing jeans. Because that's when I'm like, where does no. that end? Because they have the belt, but yeah. then maybe there's a belt around it. Hey, do you like my Lady D's comedy bit? And there goes a pair of pants wearing a pair of pants. <laughs> I mean, you go, you put I'm just dumb. I'm sorry. I, I thought I had a point. But you were actually saying something. I'm so sorry I interrupted you. <laughs>